Thank you so much, Pippa and Pete, and thank you to Rob as well for that wonderful session of worship. And welcome to all of you for um, coming along and joining us at church today, uh, especially those of you who are here joining us for the first time. Uh, I'm Graham. I'm Becca. And uh, we're going to be in 1 John today. We're going to be in chapter 3, verses 18 to 24. It's been about 17 weeks now that we've been studying 1 John. And uh, I don't think we anticipated it was going to be quite that long, um, but we've got a lot out of it, haven't we? We really have. It's given us a lot to get our teeth stuck into. It really has. Yeah. And so today we're going to be continuing on that theme of love, and particularly love between brothers and sisters in Christ in the church, and how does that look? Uh, so we're going to start that off by uh, reading from First uh, John, we're going to read from the ESV, if you're all right to do that. Will you pray before I read? I can absolutely pray, yes. Father God, we thank you for your word to us. Lord, we thank you that that word doesn't change. No matter what else happens, that stays constant. And God, we pray that you would speak to the church through us as we bring today's sermon. Lord, we pray that you'd supernaturally sow a seed in each of our hearts as to how we can grow in love towards one another. Lord, we pray also for uh, me and Becca that we would not get in the way of your word, Lord. So if there's anything in me that's getting in the way, please remove it and allow us to speak the truth today and uh, preach your word as intended. We pray this in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 So I'm going to read from verse 18. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God and whatever we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit whom he has given us. Amen. Amen. And I think we covered slightly verse 18 last week. I think I touched on that, um, which is, Beloved, or little children, uh, do not love in word. Uh, nor in tongue alone, but in in work or in uh, in deeds and in truth. We're going to touch on that again today because there's so much in this. And also, I think this verse really begins to kind of, it acts as a sort of linchpin for the rest of the passage, which can be a little bit confusing if you take away the context of what's preceded it. And so we're going to start on this verse, verse 18, and then we're going to work our, our way through. So we're beginning talking about what it looks like to love. What does love look like? Um, you know, little children do not love one another just in word, uh, but in truth and in deed. And so I think this is a really important topic because sometimes I think it can be easy for us to, to maybe kind of love the world or love people in a kind of very general sense. Um, and to, to talk about love or we love you, whatever it might be. But but actually loving people indeed can be a lot more challenging, can't it? And especially amongst Christians at a time like this where there's so much going on in the world 
there's so much happening on a political sort of sphere and in lots of other ways that I really think the enemy wants to try and drive a wedge between us as Christians. And so we've got to be extra, extra on this to make sure that we are able to love one another in deed and in truth as well as just in word. So I think that's where we have to begin and we have to allow this this passage to speak to us about that. So as I say, I think very easy to love in a general sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're called to actually do is to love one another as brothers and sisters in deed and in truth. So what does it look like to love in deed rather than just in word? Well, I think it's really easy to love in that general sense. I think especially with um, social media these days, it's really easy to kind of get behind a cause, isn't it? And just post something, post a few words and be like, I've done my bit for humanity. Um, It's really easy for us as church leaders to stand on a platform or to sit here and say, we love you all, you're amazing, you're so great. words words come really easily don't they um but it's actually the the actual truth part the actual walking the walk not just talking the talk is the challenging part and Mm -hmm. i think it is really easy to put out there that we're loving and kind and we think everyone's great up front and kind of in the public but for me the challenge is what are we doing when we step away from those platforms? What are we doing outside of our Instagram accounts? Because it it is easy to put a positive message out there and think you've done your part. Yeah, yeah. But what are we doing for each individual brother or sister? What are we doing even um, when loving that person might seem really difficult or unattractive? Yeah what are we doing when actually we've got maybe something to lose or it's difficult or challenging for us Mm. to love a brother or sister in Christ and I think that's the difference isn't it it's it's not just talking the talk but how do we walk the walk and that be a really genuine thing and how do we know that is coming out of a genuine overflow of God's love as well Mm. yeah I think that's spot on really and I think we can all feel challenged by that you know I certainly know that I'm no exemption from that temptation to to love people in a way that doesn't really cost me anything you know it's I put something out there on social media or I say something nice to somebody and it makes me feel good and yeah there's there might be some love in there but perhaps you know perhaps there are ulterior motives there sometimes you know and um, we aren't just called to that kind of easy love where it's not really costing us much. We're called to a self-sacrificial love. And I love the Bible's kind of take on generosity, that sort of idea of, you know, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, you know. So when we do love one another in Christ, we're to actually do it in a way that, you know, isn't kind of out there for everyone to see we're to do it in a way that's like well we're not doing this for us we're, we're doing it for God we're, we're loving one another for him and and it doesn't need to be seen you know yeah. so I think there's that and then I think also it's a challenge to to be honest you know um, to be honest with ourselves about 
where we sort of measure up on this uh, on this scale of of do we really love people especially our brothers and sisters in christ indeed um, it's so easy to say to somebody yeah i'll pray for you i'll be praying for you but do we you know do we actually do that uh, that's a good place to start is is being integrous with what we say and then what we do mm. and i think that sort of ties in nicely with what it means to love in in truth you know loving indeed is actually kind of walking the walk it's mm-hmm. not just talking the talk but we're we're doing that act of love we, we are blessing somebody we you know we're giving of ourselves for that individual and then to love in truth well i think sometimes like we can we can know what's right you know we, we're raised with manners in this country and manners teach us that certain actions and certain ways of doing things are socially acceptable and others aren't and so we know by rote that we're supposed to say thank you when somebody holds a door open for us for example that's good manners we're not necessarily doing it because we love that person or because we feel particularly grateful maybe but we're doing it because we know it's the socially acceptable thing to do and i think there's also a danger for us as christians in doing that that we know we're just supposed to do something it's almost like a kind of i know i'm supposed to be loving and kind so i'm going to do that because it's good manners like it's acceptable but maybe it's not really what's inside of our heart maybe there's almost like a resentfulness um that builds up uh, because we're not getting noticed for doing those loving actions you know in fact one of my favorite sort of youtube videos from back in the day was a video of this guy holding a door open for a lady as she heads into the store and she's on her phone she's not looking up and he's there for quite a while holding this door and she just bombs in there doesn't look up doesn't say thank you and the guy kind of leaves the door walks into the shop picks the lady up takes her back outside and shuts the door and walks off and uh not advocating that you do that um but i think there's a message to be drawn from that and that is this guy was not holding the door open because he was concerned about this lady getting into the shop okay he was doing it because he knew it was the right thing to do and when she didn't notice it when she didn't give him the thanks that he felt he deserved well the whole the whole point of it was just invalidated and she needed to be told that she'd done wrong and picked up and removed out of the shop and so that's i think what i mean by you can love indeed but actually not in truth you know and i think the lord wants for us to have the two together to be able to actually genuinely desire loving feelings towards one another and that's something we can ask for you know lord i want to to love people more fully i want to be moved with compassion but equally i don't want it to just stay there i don't want to just have these kind of feelings of compassion but not actually be moved to action the two go together and i think this is a type of love that we're being called to by john Uh, and this kind of love is what he says and by this we will know that we're of the truth or we're in the truth if we have these things in that we're not just kind of saying nice things that sound snappy but we're really loving one another in a way that's making a difference you know but i think this concept is quite it's quite confusing because I think we're very obviously complex as human beings, aren't we? And so how do we separate? How do we differentiate? How do we discern if what we're doing is in just word and talk and not in deed and truth? And I think the next few verses 
yeah. clarify that, don't they? They lead us on to that because actually we're very complex emotional beings yeah. and it's very hard for us to discern um, just by ourselves, you know, what place am I doing this from? Where is this action coming from? Is it because I truly overflow with God's love for this person? Is it because deep down I'm expecting something written? Oh, if I do this this time, will they do that next time for me? Etc. Etc. So I yeah. think the next few verses lead on really nicely to kind of clarify um, what this means, really, don't they? Yeah, I think, you know, just to finish off with this, this loving in truth thing, you know, it's not just about having feelings of love, is it? Because we can do stuff that is love, but not necessarily feel it, you know? It's more about integrity. It's more about that thing of like loving somebody, but not wanting something in return, you know, doing it for the Lord or for them. So just to be clear on that, uh, I think what you said is true though. Like we are complex people. We do reflect on our actions and we do that in different ways you know some people can be really quite self-critical and you know beat themselves up over not doing something quite as generously as they could but there are others that kind of are a little less introspective and so I think the next few verses do really address this John says and in this we'll know uh, that we're of the truth of by by what by what will we know well by the fact that if we're loving other brothers and Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ, if we're loving them with actions, um, not just in talk, but if we're loving them with actions and we're loving them in truth, not trying to deceive them, not trying to get something out of them, then we know we're in the truth. And what's the truth? It's, it's the truth of relationship with God. We know that we're truly in relationship with him. But he says, and I think he adds this because he recognizes the complexity of our hearts you know he says and before god we will persuade our hearts now in your translation you might have something like we'll reassure your heart or if you're in the niv something like and you'll let your heart be at rest um, but actually the greek word there um comes from patho which is uh we know that from pathos don't we pathos and it's actually to persuade so and before him before god that is We'll persuade our hearts that we're in the truth. What's being said? Well, sometimes our hearts might have judgments to make about our actions, right? Our hearts sometimes, our consciences sometimes judge us, don't they? And Charles Spurgeon talked about this this judgment that comes from the heart sometimes. He he calls it the lower court judgment. In the life of a Christian, he would say is that there's two courts of judgment. There's the, the court of the heart, the court of the conscience, and then there's the court of God, which is a, a higher uh, counsel. And sometimes, as verse 20 says, if our heart condemns us, sometimes our hearts can condemn us. We can feel guilty. We can feel that we haven't really been living up to this word we haven't been loving our brothers and sisters in christ indeed we haven't done enough or maybe we did do stuff but perhaps you know it was negated by the fact we didn't have these overwhelming feelings of love towards them sometimes your heart can condemn you and what john says is if your heart condemns you god is greater than your heart and he knows all things So I think this is an encouragement for those whose hearts do condemn them because sometimes that can happen, can't it? The the heart can give 
um, as a Christian, the heart can give a, a true judgment. If the heart's kind of in line with God's word, you, you can make a true judgment in your heart. But sometimes, even though we are Christians, we're still living with sin every day. And sometimes our hearts can condemn us still. Even if God isn't condemning us, our hearts can condemn us. And the enemy too, he likes to jump on and bring condemnation. And so John is saying, you know, for those who are being condemned by their hearts, they're feeling, ah, oh, don't live up to this. I'm, I'm doubting whether I really am saved. He's saying, listen, the heart's not the final court. The heart isn't the ultimate judgment seat. It's God and God knows all things. He's greater than your heart. So don't worry, okay? He knows everything. He's the one who's provided Jesus for your salvation. He's the one that's gonna keep you safe in him. And don't worry, know that your heart isn't the final place of judgment. Mm. I like how as the verses go on, it gets quite practical in nature. So yeah. we can have a practical outworking of the verses we've just read. Because you think, well, where do I where do I go to make sure that I am doing things out of an overflow of God's love, that I'm doing this in deed and in truth, not just in word and talk. And these next verses kind of explain that for us. Um, it says, as this is, as this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he's commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. And this, for me, I need the practical. I need to know, well, how do I apply this in my life? And here it tells us, whoever keeps his commandments abides in God. So practically, to make sure that we are loving from the right place, it's God's love overflowing in us. Well, we need to keep God's commandments, don't we? And how do we know what his commandments are? We read his word. So we need to make sure as Christians, if we want to be loving in the right way, if we even want the correct understanding of the term love because mm -hmm. there are many different understandings of the term love and our understanding as Christians needs to be the definition that God gives us in the Bible so we need to make sure we're in the Bible firstly to understand what is God's the true definition of love so we need to make sure we're in his word daily so that we can do that and by keeping his commandments, reading his word, we're abiding in him, aren't we? We're spending time with him. And we also need to do that in prayer and by constantly asking um, that he will be with us, that he will remind us that he is with us because he's always all around us, isn't he? His presence is always here with us as Christians. But we need to remind ourselves of that. And the more time we spend with him, the more we abide in him, rest in him, seek shelter in him, the more that we have an understanding of what his love is and how that looks for us as Christians to share his love with our brothers and sisters. And I think also it says, by the spirit whom he has given us. And we all as Christians have the Holy Spirit, don't we? And I think it's for us, there needs to be a, a daily act of coming to him and asking Holy Spirit to fill us up again, to keep filling us up so that we can have discerning spirits, so that we can 
um, when we have our thoughts about what we're going to do, mm. when we think, how am I going to love people or look after my church today, that the thoughts and the ideas we have, we we check, don't we? God will keep us in check because he knows our hearts and he knows everything. The Holy Spirit helps us. And on a really practical level, I think the more time you spend with him, the, the easier it is to when you have a thought or an idea, be able to discern whether that is of him or not. Mm. And that comes with maturity as a Christian. And it doesn't mean we always get it right. We always, there's always a fleshly part of us, isn't it? But the more time we spend in his word and his presence, the more we abide in him, the more likely it is that our actions are going to be an overflow of his love. It's going to be the right type of love. It's going to be truthful and it's going to yeah. be indeed and it's going to be um an overflow of his love and it's not going to be from our own personal fleshly needs no no absolutely i think um augustine said something really cool about these verses he said when you break it down what's being said here is that for those christians who are going to worry their hearts are going to condemn them and say, actually, you know, you fall short of this. Like, you fall short of this loving one another in deed and truth. Um, for those, he's saying, run to God. Like, run to God. He's greater than you. There's where you're going to find reassurance. And in, in order to do that, you've got to persuade your heart. Persuade your heart to go to him. Persuade your heart that God knows all things and that you are in the truth. And then he says also that the other one, the other way is for those of us who may be, you know, our heart is condemning us, but actually it needs to, right? Maybe we haven't been living up to this command. The same runs true, run to God, run to God. You know, like Psalm 139 says, doesn't it? He hems us in before and behind. Where can I go from your presence? Mm -hmm. You're everywhere. And so this whole passage really is talking about this idea, isn't it, of, of, living before God you know being I guess like aware of his presence all the time and that's what we call life coram deo and it's a Latin phrase that literally means life lived before God being constantly aware of God's presence mm. in our lives whatever we might be doing and it is a practice isn't it it's, it's, mm. it's hard because life can just be kind of quite mundane and monotonous especially now when we're all sort of locked down but we can practice this in lockdown, I think. This is a great time to be practicing this presence of God. You know, there's a book, isn't there? Um, Brother Lawrence, The Practice of the Presence. And he was a monk a long time ago in France. And, and whatever he was doing, whether it was pot washing or cleaning, he used to just become sort of consciously aware that God was there, like God was with him. And that would really begin to kind of touch him, like on so many levels. And he would speak to him. Uh, God would speak to him really about his his thoughts you know and how often like his thoughts were not focused on the lord but they were focused on the sort of things and and the minute things in life and he he found this presence sorry this practice of being focused on god's presence drew him into such an intimate place of relationship with god to a place where his spirit and his heart didn't any longer condemn him and as this passage says you know then we have boldness towards god and whatever we ask we receive from him. That's the place of intimacy, I think. That's the place of having our hearts cleansed 
and freed from fear because we're aware of God's presence. We're, we're abiding in him mm. day by day. So I think ultimately, yeah, the, the outflow of this passage is that we're not to fear, we're not to worry, we're not to live in condemnation, but we're to abide in God's presence. And by doing that, we actually come to a place of, I guess, in his spirit, we come to a place of boldness, we come to a place of assurance and rest, knowing that he's got us, you know. He's with us. So let's pray. Father, we pray that we would be able to live as this verse speaks, that we'd be able to hear and respond to the challenge to love one another, not just in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Lord, help us where we need to be doing more practically giving of ourselves more just like jesus did for us going the extra mile for our brothers and sisters in christ help us to do that lord god without wishing for anything in return also lord god where we perhaps are lacking in that inward sense of love towards our brothers and sisters we find it hard some people are just hard to love help us to overcome ourselves in that area lord and to love those who you have given your son for. And Lord, I also pray that we would learn more about what it looks like to live in the presence of God, Deo, before the face of God, Lord God. Everything that we do will be done in the light of the fact that you're here. You're not somewhere else. You're right here with us right now. And as we do that, Lord God, that our hearts would be reassured come to a place of peace, that we'd persuade our hearts that we're in the truth. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to go into a time of worship now. But um, as we go into that time of worship, I would just encourage you to reflect on what we've talked about together this morning and um, to just get your your body and your mind in a place ready to receive what god has ready to give you so whether that's kneeling just getting extra comfy or just opening your arms just to show him that you're ready Mm. um for more of him in your life and my prayer for all of you is just that that you have um a new understanding of what it means to abide in God and that this week you are reminded that he is a mighty fortress he's a tower he's your shelter he hems you in behind and before and when you spend time with this loving God that your heart will just continue to be transformed and there will be an overflow as well of love for those around you so we just um, bless you and encourage you to just reflect upon everything we've talked about and what God is speaking to you about um, as we go into this time of worship Amen Thank you Rob